is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. Meat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts in the driver's seat with you. We're talking fantasy football. We're talking the offseason. Ben's hype. Ben Ben is losing his mind. It's not quite the offseason. I mean, it is. We have one more game. Well, you're right. You're right. We have the Super Bowl. We have one game. We do have the Super Bowl. We've got uh, Chiefs-Eagles this coming weekend. Next time you hear us, uh, we will know who has won the championship this year. Yep. So, it's pretty exciting. Um, Spoiler alert, it's not who you think it's going to be. Correct. It never is. No. If I, if I bet on a team, the other one will win. It doesn't matter which one I bet on. That is how life goes, you know? Yeah. You bet on one team. No, it's it's more just me. I'm incredibly unlucky. <laughs> there's there's that, too. You are a fan of a team that held a 28-3 lead at one point. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, we're talking. It was the script. You're, you're right. You're right. So the script was against us. I wonder this. Obviously, I think everybody's <clears throat> seen this clip now. It was with um, PFT commentator and uh, Arian Foster, right? Yeah. Um, Arian Foster. Dude, Arian Foster's been irrelevant for like seven, eight years. Oh yeah, he's been doing ayahuasca for seven, eight years, and uh, he basically said not basically i mean he just straight up said the nfl scripted i think it was like it was a joke it had to be right no it was i think like the whole podcast was a joke okay but the problem is like i've heard arian foster on like like he went on joe rogan one time that joker is weird so when he comes out and says as weird as aaron Rodgers, um you know Aaron Rodgers. Side note: Did you did you see uh, what he said today? Yeah, where he's going into on McAfee a sensory deprivation chamber for four days, basically. Yeah, he's like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, so I'm going to put myself in the darkness. He's going to turn into Bane. He's like, you merely adopted the light. I was born in it. Aaron Rodgers, a weird dude, man. That is so weird. What is? What is happening to the old quarterbacks? Like, Aaron's going to go in a dark room for four days. Did you see the underwear selfie that, that Tom posted? What? <laughs> no? Yeah. Yeah, he posted, like, a picture of himself in his underwear, and he, like, tagged <laughs> Julian Edelman, Tom, Br- and uh, Gronk. And, like, hey, guys, am I doing it right? Oh, no. Like, Tom, what are you doing? <laughs> are you serious? I have to. Tyreek responded like Tom done turned into AB on us. <laughs> Where did he post? Soon he's going to be flashing women in pools. Oh, Twitter. He posted it on Twitter. Yeah, I thought I sent it to you. No, I have not seen this yet. Okay, okay, brace yourself. I'm going to send it to you. All right. Um, I promise you, like I didn't doctor this. I wouldn't know how to doctor something. Oh, okay. First of all, my God. I don't even, you see it now? I found it. Yeah. What? It's a li- I didn't think it was real. I was seeing stuff on Instagram. And then I like went to Tom Brady's Twitter. And I'm like, no, no, no. He, that's real. He did it. Oh. Oh, no. Wow. So Tom Brady has... Tom's gone crazy. 
has an underwear selfie on the internet. That's awesome. Yeah. What were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, what are we talking about in this episode? We're talking about where we were right this year. <clears throat> before we were... About time. Before we were interrupted by God knows what. Um, it was a good year for fantasy football for us. And uh, we figured, just to remind you, <laughs> we would tell you where we were right. That's it. But to be fair, last week we went over where all we were wrong. We're we're very open with we're not trying to hide where we missed. We're open about it. We learn. We grow together. That's what we're doing. It's community. Yeah, so we did the ugly part and now we get to victory lap a little bit. Yeah, now I get to dance on your grave. Yeah. So why don't we just hop right into it, kick things off here. Your favorite human, unfortunately, <sighs> uh, you know, Austin Eckler was incredible this year. And I guess fortunately for us, we said it was very likely to happen. We said Austin Eckler was probably going to be the safest running back this year just because of usage, volume, receiving work, and good grief did we uh, undersell you on that one because he was he was about as safe as you could get. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> you posted not long before the season, you know, as a post of Eckler and like why we're taking him 101 or yada, 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 and, you know, kind of went into some stats or whatever. And I think even in that post, you said, we expect some regression, but Eckler's going to be great. And a lot of people were commenting like, no, I'm staying away from Eckler. This is the year to get out. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, there was no regression at all. There was there was virtually none at all. He, was, he scored more fantasy points this year than he did last year. And uh, it, was, it was due to the fact that he had an ungodly amount of targets in the Chargers offense. I mean, like, he had more catches this year than he had targets last year. And he had 94 targets last year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he had 107 <laughs> catches this year. Oh, my gosh. That is just ridiculous. He had essentially the same rushing stats as he did a year ago. It was within two carries. He had 204 carries for 915 yards, 13 touchdowns. In, uh, in 2021... He had 206 carries for 911 yards and 12 touchdowns. Virtually identical there. That is foolishness. But in the receiving game, 127 targets, 107 catches, 722 yards, 5 touchdowns. That will vault you to the RB1. That is wild. Reminiscent of his 2019 season when he had 900 yards receiving and 8 touchdowns. Yeah. That's just crazy. Um, yeah, he had 319 half PPR fantasy points this past year. He was really good. He was still maybe not as dominant as some RB1s in years past. I think no. I think that whole like 28 points per game running back from like the mid to 2010s or whatever, that I think is gone. I don't think we're going to get that running back again yeah it's it's been weird running back scoring i feel like it's been declining for a couple years now don't really know what to attribute it to um the game's evolving obviously to much more of a passing game but i I don't know it's do we see it continue i'm not sure yet yeah so anyway eckler fantastic great draft pick 
Another great draft pick that uh, we were very excited about this past year was Saquon Barkley. Obviously, the hate off of the injury seasons. Yeah, it was it was getting to. I mean, obviously, people were in on him this year because his, his ADP ended up being at the one-two turn, first, second-round turn. So people were in on him and and drafting him highly. But I specifically remember, I think it was early, early in the draft process he was going in like the mid second round and it was like okay this is this is obviously going to be a steal for fantasy this year he's way too talented to be going this late uh you need to be drafting him turns out he was great he was the rb6 yeah it was us that actually raised his adp yeah it, it was a direct yeah, correlation we, we said you should draft saquon barkley and he went from a mid second round to a late first rounder that's exactly what happened. Because people care that much what we say. It's incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I I don't know. I don't know how, how much to attribute it to just like pure volume or how much of it is, I guess, prescriptive for see, like next year, the year after that. Um, I do think that there's reason to believe it could trend upward because the offense overall was not very good this past year in New York, and Saquon thrived despite that. Yeah, I do think they re-sign him, so his situation will improve. So we said to avoid Deontay Johnson. He did not finish as a top 36 wide receiver we even hate though Deontay Johnson. We do. It, this to not me... Not as a person. I don't know him personally. No. However, even, I'm familiar with his professional body of work. And I'm not in, I'm not impressed. Yeah, it's it's not that good. So... Is it the, better than what I could do? Yes. Oh, for sure. Without question. By a long shot. The thing with Deontay that's really just bizarre is he gets an elite target share. He has been for the past three years. Uh, Big Ben retires at the end of the 2021 season, and Deontay Johnson was the wide receiver nine. And all the Johnson truthers were coming out in droves saying, like, you know, we knew this was going to happen. He's a stud. Draft him highly going forward. He was going in the fifth round in startup drafts. And Jake Wicks. Yeah, Jake Wicks was very, very excited about Deontay Johnson. Yeah, he was wrong. It did not pan out because Deontay Johnson finished as the wide receiver 39. He had 880 yards. He had 147 targets and zero touchdowns. I don't record setting year for Deontay Johnson. I, I don't know what to do with that. That is not records you want to set no. because he had the most targets without a touchdown. But that is one of probably the most unbreakable records that will stand in the record. That's going to be one of those that somebody, some high schooler is going to make a YouTube video in 10 years and be like, these are the five most unbreakable records in the NFL. And Deontay Johnson's most targets without a touchdown is going to be on there. Cause that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Deontay, that one's, that one's on you, dude. You get to keep that one. That, that is on your shelf. I think he got tackled. I saw somewhere he got tackled down at the one yard line, like three times. And, uh, so 147 targets and three touchdowns? Could have been. That's, Could have been. that's still not great. It's still not great, no. But uh, 
Yeah, he he did not have a great year. The crazy thing is, with 60 less targets, 63 less targets, George Pickens on the same team finished two spots higher than Deontay Johnson in final rankings. He finished as a wide receiver 37. Virtually the same yardage and four touchdowns. So that is wild. That it's just bonkers you can't to me. Fully attribute it to the quarterback. Like I get it. It wasn't great to start out the year with Trubisky and um, what's his name Rudolph. And then you got um, he switched to Pickett, but Pickett actually looked pretty decent. And when you see. Uh, a rookie like Pickens th- kind of thriving in the offense with the rookie quarterback. I I can't fully attribute it to that uh, single problem. So some of this has got to be on Deontay. Yeah. We said that Marquise Brown would finish as a top 12 wide receiver. And we're going to, obviously he was injured, didn't finish the season, missed five games in there. Uh, Kyler Murray got injured at the end of the season as well. So we are extrapolating a little bit here with Marquise Brown. But when he got injured, just a wee bit. But when he got injured, he was the wide receiver six. And he obviously ended up finishing in like the 40s or something. Yeah, he had six targets, 11, 17, 11, 10, 9, all that before the injury. Yeah. He was on an absolute tear. Uh, it was, I think a lot of people expected him to have an uptick in the offense with Kyler at quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins because of that suspension. But uh, I don't think a lot of people were willing to say he would finish as a wide receiver one, even though that was perfectly within the realm of possibilities. And even though that didn't end up happening, I think the script in which it happened, it was not. It was not like he came out, started out hot, and then just like his play dropped off kind of thing. There were extenuating circumstances for for it to work out the way it did. Um, and when he was healthy, when Kyler was in the lineup, he was great. And uh, it was kind of unfortunate the way the season ended, ended up finishing out. Obviously, some of these, um, you're going to have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt late in the season because um, – Obviously, Hopkins was back. Um, It was a quarterback carousel with Kyler injured and McCoy injured at some point. So he never finished higher than wide receiver 24. But even when that happened and Hopkins was in the offense, he had eight targets, eight targets, eight targets, six targets, nine targets. So he was still heavily involved even with Hopkins there. I think uh, obviously everybody stays healthy. With the hot start he had the season, he would have been a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Really, really uh, difficult projection here. We said... I don't know how we we called this one right. It just seemed... It was such a long shot, you know? You want to tell him? Yeah, so we said Jalen Hurts would finish as a top five quarterback. (laughs) He ended up finishing quarterback one... We did not lie to you. ...in points per game. He was drafted in the sixth round, mid-sixth, at the end of draft season. He was going in the seventh round for most of draft season. I got him in the seventh round in a couple different leagues. He was incredible. League winner. He gave Uh, you ceiling games you hadn't seen before. He was doing it in different game scripts. It didn't matter. Jalen Hurts was incredible. 
Yeah, last year, I mean, he was very consistent, but like he was consistently like 24, 25 points, which obviously you will take that. That's great. But then you add A.J. Brown and, again, not a bold prediction or anything or uh, a long shot, but he unlocked the ceiling and, you know, Hertz had multiple, multiple games over 30 points. Finally got over the home and, yeah, that, that'll lead you to a QB one season. Not half bad at all. Uh, he was... He had games like when the passing game just wasn't even needed. It wasn't like I never felt like teams schemed the Eagles out of what they wanted to do. I felt like the Eagles always did exactly what they wanted to do. They would come out and decide we're going to run the ball 35 times or we're going to throw the ball 40 times. And regardless what they decided to do, they were successful at it, which means Jalen Hurts was electric no matter what the game script was for the Eagles offense. Yeah, thirteen rushing touchdowns. That'll that is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I, what is he at now? He's I think he set an NFL record for most rushing touchdowns, including the postseason. Was it like uh, sixteen or something? Actually, he's at right now. Let me just go ahead and look at. Let me just go ahead and look at that real quick. Not Halen, Jalen. There we go. Yeah, he's he's got two rushing touchdowns. Like so, he's got fifteen total this year. That's crazy. Side note, um, as much as that hurt Miles Sanders, we were definitely right about Miles Sanders. We definitely said draft him. He was going at, I mean, he was like in the top 30 running backs maybe, but he was never, never higher than like RB 25. I really ever saw him going and finished it uh, running back 15. Yeah. He had a great year. 12, almost up and down. Almost for sure. But, yards. Yeah, you'll take that as your RB3, sometimes four, if you took a lot of running backs. Yeah, you got to experience that you, this year. and uh, You couldn't have, I mean, there was no way he was going to have another zero touchdown year with the way, I mean, he wasn't bad last year when he was on the field. So I, I could tell you from personal experience, no, he was not bad at all. And then this year he was really solid with the work that they gave him. Uh, Ben said that Cortland Sutton was going to be overrated. I said Cortland Sutton would finish as a top 10 wide receiver. And, uh, Ben was right. Victory lap. Let's so we said Let's Nick Chubb that for would no, no, be no, no, a no, no, Don't you, we're not walking away from this one. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, go ahead. I think I'll the worst you, part we'll, about we'll, the whole thing is that you were a Jerry Judy truther and now I'm a Jerry Judy truther. <laughs> I told you. Uh, rarely do we okay. agree on things like that, but I think now we are we are of one mind when it comes to the Denver Broncos offense. Yeah. That it sucked, but I was right about Jerry Judy. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was the guy you should have, and uh, he was. He was yeah. Okay, he was, I'll leave it alone now. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nick Chubb, we said he would be a value. Ended up going at this end of the second round in drafts last year and uh the the process with him was interesting didn't have a great finish to the year he did not and that is because nick chubb does not get passing game work ever at all sean watson was terrible He, he was so bad he was not good at all and uh the browns offense as a whole this year was not super great but nick chubb scored so many touchdowns 
He had a career year rushing the ball, and Kareem Hunt just was not a factor in the offense the way he had been in previous years. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's him, if it was the coaches, play calling, what have you, but he hit a wall this year. And yep. he's an unrestricted free agent, so he will not be a Brown in 2023. It'll be interesting to see how much Nick Chubb is involved next year. I would imagine it's probably more of the same because I, I can't I'm see it's them heavily involved. I would guess, yeah, quite a bit. I, I don't think they're going to draft a running back. Or if they do, it's just not going to be one that contributes in a meaningful way outside of spelling uh, Nick Chubb. Chubb is going to have a great year again next year, and I, I really wonder when people will draft him because he might end up in the same spot just because everybody knows he doesn't catch passes. But, he, I mean, he might just have If he ends up in like, the same spot, I'm taking him. Probably, yeah. Every time. Yeah. I mean, he is basically – it's basically Kenneth Walker, and Kenneth Walker will get drafted before him. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it shouldn't really be a surprise how awful the Browns ended the year because Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in basically two years, hasn't really been with the team that much. So, yeah, they weren't really in the playoff race at that point anyway. So it was it was just horrible. I can't imagine that happens again. Deshaun Watson is going to be much much better, and if he had a he's had a full off season of being reinstated in the league, full off season of getting to know the playbook, coaches, tendencies, all that kind of stuff. Plus, the offensive line hasn't really changed that much. It's still going to be really good, and there's going to be no Kareem Hunt. So yeah, I think Nick Chubb is in for a really good season coming up. Yeah, we said crazy prediction here. We went all out Race on this forward. one. Get yourselves ready This for is it. almost as bold as the Jalen Hurts one. Almost, yeah. So after Rashad Penny's injury, when he broke his leg, it was out for the year, we said you should blow all of your fab dollars on Kenneth Walker. All of them. Every single one. Bum, bum, bum. And we got it right. Kenneth Walker was great. How do you quantify like if you get that right, though? Because it was just like, what do you mean? Duh. Like, <laughs> a starting running I mean, back that's talented, you spend all your fab. Duh. Obviously, that's what yeah, fab Yeah, he's for. literally the only thing that was holding him back preseason was Rashad Penny because typically Pete Carroll doesn't like rookie running backs. And he loves Rashad Penny, and Rashad Penny's really good. Um, but the dude was, I mean, if you look at draft profiles and just athletic ability, He's on par with Brees Hall. Like, there's not much of a difference. Brees caught a few more passes in college, but athletically, talent-wise, they're the same. Both elite speed, good size, great in between the tackle runners. So there's almost no difference there. The only thing was Walker wasn't getting the touches. And when the starter goes down, there's the touches. Yeah, and he got a lot of them. He ended up with 1,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns. He was phenomenal. And uh, it was crazy with him because, like, even in the games that he did not deliver running the ball, he delivered catching the ball. It was the oddest thing. There were two games. Yeah, he I'm did thinking have of. like one ten target game, didn't he? Yeah, it was the the Germany game, right? Yeah, I think so. They threw it to him like five times on one drive. It was just the weirdest thing. His okay, so he can catch the ball. Yeah, he had week 12 against Vegas. Nope, that was a two-touchdown game. Just kidding. Uh, okay, two games I'm thinking of here. 
the San Francisco game in week 15, he ended up with 9.9 half PPR points. Not amazing, but it's fine. You're, you're not killed by it. He had 47 yards rushing that game, no rushing touchdowns, but he had five targets, four catches for 32 yards. Very nice. Supplemented it, made it not a bust. Um, week 10 against Tampa, 10 carries for 17 yards, no touchdowns. Obviously, that's terrible. But uh, in the receiving game, he had eight catches, or eight targets, six catches, 55 yards. Turned that into a 10.2 fantasy point outing. So basically, except for the one week against the Rams in week 13, he did not have a single bust week. His worst half PPR uh, output was week 15. He had 9.9 points. And uh, in my mind, that's not a bust. Uh, 9.9 is like, it's not great, but you're not like, crap. That doesn't kill you. Yeah, it doesn't ruin your week. I mean, to be fair, he did not have a ton of just explosive games. Obviously, he had 28 points against the Chargers, um, 27 against Arizona. Um, But other than that, I mean, his other highest was 19 points. So he didn't bust a lot, but he didn't also blow up a lot either. Right. But, But, uh, I mean, it's kind of like Nick Chubb. That's what you expect, 15 points. Yeah, Kenneth Walker, in my mind... Get, you lock that in your lineup with 15 points a week. Yeah, Kenneth Walker, in my mind, is Nick Chubb. Like, they are the yeah. same. He's not going to get... take that. I, uh, yeah, and he's 22 years old, 23 22. years old. Yeah. He's 22. He's going to be in a run-first offense. As long as Pete Carroll's the coach, he is literally going to be a younger, a four-year younger Nick Chubb. That's what Kenneth Walker is. I'll be is. happy with that. As your RB2 in your dynasty league, he's going to be great. He'll be super consistent. Probably doesn't give you a ton of ceiling games, but that's why you go and acquire like a Christian McCaffrey type player, an Austin Eckler type player, a Brees Hall type player. Some of these other guys that will give you more of the ceiling stuff. Yeah, I like that you brought brought that up because as an RB2, like a lot of people are going to have him as an RB1, and that's fine. For Dynasty, yeah, he's going to be one of like the quote-unquote RB1s, one of the top 10 Dynasty running backs or whatever. But you can't you can't have him as your sole, like, if I'm betting on my running backs, I need to bet on Kenneth Walker. No, you want him as your safe guy. You, he's not your weak winner. Right. Yeah, for me, <clears throat> and I've got him, I think I've got him in one Dynasty League right now. Granted, that team, it's super super deep but it's like Kenneth Walker and Saquon um, Saquon's your weak winner Saquon is my weak winner Kenneth Walker is my safety blanket um, so yeah I, Kenneth Walker I'm very excited about him side note very excited about Kenneth yeah. Walker but uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah he was super worth good player. he was worth all the fab final one here where we were right uh, we said early early on like April of 20 what is this April 2022 Nearly a year ago, we said you should buy Tony Pollard. Turns out, that was correct. Ding, 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 ding. I'll be honest. I don't even know if we really believe that. <laughs> but, but he turned I mean, out to be great. We were, it was not us like believing in Tony Pollard. It was more like, ah, uh, yeah, Zeke is washed, dude. <laughs> yeah, Zeke. Zeke was not looking good. And, and he was just completely not explosive. But he got volume. He's not the player he used to be. No, not even a little bit. I was watching some clips from his rookie year, and my 
goodness, he doesn't even look like the same player. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's it sucks. Um, Zeke's been great for a while, but it's going to be super interesting to, interesting to see what they do um, with that backfield because we know how good Tony Pollard is. We've seen it. But Tony Pollard's a free agent this year, um, and Zeke is still under contract, and I don't think they can get out of that contract until next year. So um, I don't know what you think, but I, this will be a story to watch. Um moving forward, especially with Pollard's injury. I think they'll let Pollard walk and draft a running back. Yeah. I <laughs> I could honestly see Jerry Jones going and getting uh Bijan Robinson. That would be a great landing spot for Bijan. <laughs> I mean he's already the one oh one, but you put him in Dallas, oh my gosh. Yeah. Obviously Zeke would make that kind of annoying because Zeke is still going to be a factor He's like he's. Yeah, Jones loves him. Jerry loves him. They pay him a lot of money. He's going to get touches. They pay him too much money. They pay him so much Way money. Way too much. So much money. That's like, oh, they 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 paid him. And they're not going to be able to million. trade him because like other every other team sees this. Like they know Zeke is washed, so you're not going to get anything for him. No, no. And he's but the like the crazy thing is is the dead cap situation is such that they literally can't cut him. But he's still productive for the team. Like, he still is a great pass blocker. Um, and he's, he is still a good red zone guy. Like, his burst is not there and stuff like that. But he is still the fundamentals are there. Like, he, he's a good – he has good vision. So, he's going to be a red zone factor still. Yeah. He's like a – he's the – you know how they always used to have, like, the, the thunder and lightning, you know, those those one-two running back punches where you yeah. had the one guy, one guy who had the juice. It's basically what it was in Dallas this past year. You know, the guy who's got the juice, it was Tony Pollard. You got the guy who's the goal line back, the short yardage back, the Mr. Fundamentals, uh, and and that's what Zeke is at this point in his career. James White and LeGarrette Blunt kind of thing. Pretty much. That's exactly what this is. So I, I feel like they're going to end up drafting a running back. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here. I guess here, that kind of leads us into this. Yeah. We'll look at a couple situations that could potentially play out in the offseason. And uh, we're going to call our shots a little bit. This is uh, just just uh, table talk thinking cap time. Right. <laughs> table talk thinking cap time. Uh, first of all, you brought this up in last week's episode. I am I'm fully on board with this. I think it's going to happen. Uh, we, I think we agree that Joe Mixon will probably be cut by the Bengals at some point this offseason. Yeah, I mean... I hear a lot of people going, you know, saying they'd more than likely keep him just with their cap situation. I think all the more reason to get rid of him. The Bengals are actually have the third highest cap space, and they got some big contracts coming up. And Joe Mixon just – he didn't look like he had the juice anymore in the offseason. Like, he just – he was very eh looking toward the end of the season and in the playoffs. Yeah, he was outtouched by Samaj P. Ryan in their playoff game against the Chiefs. And they saved like seven, eight million dollars by getting rid of him. Joe Burrow's about to reset the quarterback market. T. Higgins has got to get paid. Jamar Chase has got to get paid next year. They have too many big names and too much money they're gonna have to spend to keep twenty six year old Joe Mixon around. I think the other part of it here that nobody really talks about 
when they are thinking about this roster is that pretty much all of the impact players defensively for the Bengals are coming due this offseason or next offseason. Yeah, Jesse Bates is due this offseason, I think. Yeah, um, and I think Sam Hubbard. One? I think Trey Hendrickson, Hubbard? Oh, Sam Hubbard are this year and next year. Jermaine Pratt is this year. Um, Eli Apple is this year. I think Mike Hilton you is also let, this year. You can let Apple walk. You, you could probably let him <laughs> you, go. You do not need him. He's He's got a, the, the strong Twitter fingers. I don't know if he's got much <laughs> in terms of his game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to consider when you're looking at the Bengals. And uh, I just feel like Joe Mixon is not as integral to their success as some other pieces. Who knows? Maybe yeah. they keep him. But I, it just seems like the writing's on the wall for him. Does T. Higgins stay a Bengal? I think he does. Okay. I can't imagine they would let him go personally, but uh, I hope he does. I, I have mixed feelings. I hope I don't know. I think I mean we talked about it last I guess week. I, I hope he stays. Yeah, I I do think he stays. I I don't know that. Um, again, talking about stuff that's integral to their success, I think T Higgins is very integral to their success, and uh, I think you want to give Joe Burrow the best opportunities to succeed and i think t higgins is part of that solution yeah for sure you sent me this and um i still can't hardly believe it but i mean it makes sense the chargers are in a spot where they are likely to cut either keenan allen or khalil Mack to save cap space what did you say they were 23 million over the cap yeah, I think they're twenty to twenty three million over the cap and they save like fourteen point three million dollars if they cut Keenan Allen and they save almost fifteen million dollars if they cut Khalil Mack. Probably don't cut both of them, but they could, who knows? I think they're probably gonna more likely to cut Allen though. That is wild. And at the same time, they're at a spot where they're gonna have to pay Herbert soon. Yeah, Herbert's gonna be expensive. To the Chargers, the Chargers need to, as crazy as it sounds, like they kind of look. You just need to hit the reset button and just get younger. They Herbert do. is super young. You got to pay him, but you can build a team around that guy. He is phenomenal. But you can't do it with a thirty-year-old Keenan Allen. Um, they got some old guys on the defense. They're also uh, going to have to pay Rashawn Slater so many after old, next season too, and he's going yeah, to be an expensive so many, left tackle. So many old offensive players. Um, outside of their offensive line so yeah they got decisions to make yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a receiver or a couple in this draft i keep seeing them getting mocked to michael mayer i'm also seeing gerald everett is a cut candidate so yeah yeah, he's probably gone that's something to consider as well their offense could look pretty different next year let's put it that way they need to draft jackson smith and jigba desperately oh baby not just because i'm a herbert owner and in one of my main leagues, I have the 102, and really hoping that happens. But, um, God, that would be so good. That would be you crazy. You pair him with Mike Williams, as in Jigba, as the the slot X-wide receiver, and Mike Williams on the backside just, oh, be beautiful. Oh, that'd be terrifying. Uh, you're convinced I'm not. This this is not 100. percent This is this is not a bold prediction. This is just it's going to happen. This is not a Josh thing. Let's put it this way. 
My name is not on this. <laughs> this is one. This is my Cortland Sutton. Oh, good lord. Lamar Jackson is going to be an Atlanta Falcon next year. No, he will not. Dude, I understand it's a long shot. I understand it's probably not going to happen, but I'm calling my shot. My birds need to go get Lamar Jackson. The Falcons have the second highest cap space. We finally have money out from under uh, the Matt Ryan contract. I have heard that um, Lamar and the Ravens are way off in contract talks, like $100 million off, which makes sense. He wants like a Deshaun Watson type (laughs) contract. He wants Deshaun Watson money, and the Ravens aren't going to give it to him. Oh, jeez. So they could franchise him, but I think if they franchise him, they owe him like $45 million, which will just destroy their cap this year. Um, It's such a tough situation when you're like dealing with like, like who are you going to get better at quarterback? Nobody. But, ah, gosh, it's, it's tough for the Ravens. And my Falcons need to swoop in, take advantage of the situation. We are in a division that is the most wide open division you will ever find. And we have we have the pieces available to make this work. Like you've got Drake London, great rookie. You got Kyle Pitts, incredible. You've got Tyler Algier, a young running back, and a really good running game under Arthur Smith. You add Lamar Jackson to that equation. We I think we easily win that division. And you probably can make a playoff run. And this would be great for Lamar because all the quarterbacks are in the AFC. You will be the only good one in the <laughs> NFC, aside from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, there are. there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFC right now. They are... Yeah. Take advantage of the situation, Lamar. Become the face of the NFC. It's a compelling case, but I still think he ends up signing with the Ravens. Someone send this to Lamar Jackson. I am... Making my case. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can't see it happening. I think I think he'll uh, he'll resign with the Ravens, but it's it's a good pipe dream to have. I'll give you that. I'm holding on to it. We both agree that we think the Colts are going to trade up to the 101 and draft C.J. Stroud in this upcoming NFL draft. I guess this was not super bold, but yeah, whatever. What's crazy is they still could probably get C.J. Stroud if they stayed put at the at the. It's very possible. Pick. The problem is the Bears are probably going to trade that pick. I've seen a lot of mocks where the Bears like trade with the Colts down to five, and then they trade that pick down later for like a mid first. So if they can walk away from this, from the one trading back from the one hundred one and still picking up like a mid first this year and like a couple seconds or something like that, that's great for the Bears. Because they need everything. They need everything. They need everything everywhere. And they have so much cap space. Oh, my gosh. They have $100 million of cap space, dude. This offseason for them. The next closest is the Falcons, and we have like 50. Gosh. They have double what we have. Well, it's, it's so I saw, um, I don't know if you watch Brett Coleman on uh, YouTube or anything like that, but he did like a mock offseason for the Bears where he went through free agency and the draft and just kind of like, Basically, if he was the GM for the Bears, this is what he would try and do. And I think they spent top dollar on a left tackle. I think he had them going and getting Laramie Tunsil. I think he had them signing a guard from your Falcons. Or maybe it was a right tackle from your Falcons. And then I think he had them going and getting like Deron Payne and uh, a couple other 
D tackles, just like spending the farm. And they still had so much money left over and they were giving out rich contracts to these guys, but uh, they just don't have any big contracts on the books right now, which is wild. I think that's great for them because they are in the dead middle of a rebuild. Yeah. Uh, you are a big proponent that you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to trade up to draft Will Levis. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think they're going to get a free agent like a Jimmy Garoppolo, um, a bridge I'm quarterback. Sure. I kinda, yeah. Yeah, I kind of put it in there. I've heard a lot of smoke about it. I know they really like Will Levis, so I, I threw it in here as, you know, I could see it happening. Got to have somebody. Yeah. The only quarterback they have rostered right now is Kyle Trask. They don't have another one. Kyle Trask could be interesting. I'm not willing to say he's not good yet. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, we've never seen him play, so he was okay at Florida. He was quite good at Florida. He He was quite good at Florida. He's good. He, I think he led the NCAA, or he, no, he led the SEC in touchdown passes. He also had Kyle Pitts he was throwing the ball to. He did. And, and Kadarius Tony. And Kadarius Tony. So there's that. But he was he was very good. Let's give him some flowers. Kyle Trask was he was very good. Um He was a Heisman candidate at one point. He he was. Speaking, speaking of Speaking of Florida quarterbacks. Yeah, speaking of Florida quarterbacks. I think uh, this is a two-parter we're, here. The final We're both in agreement here. Yeah, the final ball prediction. We both think Anthony Richardson will get drafted in the first round and be a bust. He's he has bust written all over him, dude. He terrifies me. Like Lamar Jackson, yeah, I, when he got drafted at the thirty-second pick, it was like I could, he could be a bust, but I don't necessarily know if he will be a bust. I feel like in my bones, Anthony Richardson is going to be a bust. I mean, we could be dead wrong, and I see a lot of people, like at least for in the fantasy community, make like the argument that you know, especially in super super flex leagues, he should be you know a first-round pick. And I get it, the fantasy upside's there, but like he. He terrifies me, dude. Like, I I want nothing to do with him. He's a good athlete. I think he's a terrible quarterback. They said the same thing about um, Malik Willis last year. And I have we been proven wrong yet? He has yet to throw for 100 yards in a game, and he started three of them. That's not good. That ain't great. <laughs> so... I You know, Anthony Richardson has the measurables. He's an elite rusher as a quarterback. He's big. He he measures out. esque Yeah. But just like the extreme inconsistencies as a passer terrify you. Like, he had games where he was abjectly awful as a passer this past year against not great teams. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of the, uh, it was the South Carolina game when uh, they played y'all and smoked us smoked you but he was smoked us awful <laughs> he was terrible yeah so it's and like he reminds me a little bit of Jalen Hurts athletically but like obviously Hurts was a, a much better passer in college and obviously in the pros but even in that situation the questions around Jalen Hurts coming into this year were you know a massive amount um about his passing and how often does a guy like that pan out? Not very often. I mean, Hertz, Hertz landed in the absolute perfect situation. Incredible offensive line. Incredible running game. Incredible defense backing him up. Great. And I'm not trying to knock Jalen Hurts. He's been phenomenal and as far as uh, exceeded anyone's expectations. But 
look at the situation, everything landed perfect. Then they went and traded for A.J. Brown this offseason. And all credit to him, like he's one of the main reasons they got to the Super Bowl. But still, how often does that situation actually land? Few and far between. Yeah, you look at all these guys that look that that project to have high ceilings, but uh, also have low floors, like the Josh Allens of the world, um, the Lamar Jacksons, the Jalen Hurts. Like they ended up in perfect situations, or at least near perfect situations for them. And in the case of Allen, it still took two, three years before you really saw any um, results from it. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's, there's an element of landing spot here, but I'm just, I'm just if he goes not to the Panthers, expecting, like I'm, I'm completely out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in on him. If he goes to the Panthers, I keep hearing that the Panthers don't like him though. I keep hearing the Panthers like CJ Stroud. Yeah. Which would be I great. I think it's CJ Stroud. I, I mean, they can, they but can, they can trade up for him. For there's sure. going to be so many other teams fighting for him. It'll be interesting to see where all these QBs go. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, what we got on the docket for next week, Josh? I think we're diving into our top 12 dynasty players yes. at each position. Pre-draft. Pre-draft. Pre-draft stuff. Uh, I think we're doing running backs next week, right? Oh, this is exciting. Top 12 dynasty RBs next week. It's going to be a good one. Can't Hi. wait for it. We'll see you all next week. If you enjoyed the episode, check us out on Instagram at fantasy bros, fantasy brothers underscore. And uh, if you enjoy what we're doing here, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fantasy brothers. That'll do it from us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.